TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And it's going to be a lot of fun recapping the games from yesterday as our fine intro man uh, has told us. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Hope you had a great weekend out there. We're back at you here on a beautiful, beautiful Monday. Checking in from the fine city of Chicago, thetalkzone.com. Two guys and a mic. Five hours of, well, can I be so bold as to say outstanding sports talk radio? What the heck? I'm the guy doing the show. I could say that. Outstanding sports talk radio every Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning to 11. Central time, one hour a day, five days a week. Five in total with the big dog and the coach. Big dog checking in from his palatial estates out in beautiful Aurora. Joel, how are you, my friend? Uh, doing absolutely fantastic, Coach. Uh, nothing but good news on the horizon. And, and feel free to stay outstanding radio. Feel free to do that. Beautiful. I'll say it again. Outstanding radio. And how about an outstanding weekend of sports as Intro Man? And I've still never met Intro Man, by the way, but I love Intro Man's voice. But as he says, we'll recap the uh, sports from over the weekend. And uh, in this case, recapping, Joel, is going to be pretty good for Chicago fans. A few bumps in the road, but overall, a pretty joyous weekend, my friend. Well, if you're a, if you're a Cub fan, it was a pretty joyous weekend. Yes. If you're a Cub and Hawk if you're a Cub and, I mean, if you're a Sox and Blackhawks fan, well, at least you're going to concentrate on the Blackhawks at this particular time. Is it not right for me to put it? Well, the White Sox, uh, what the White Sox? Didn't they take two out of three? No? You're going to have to ask our resident expert, David Olson. <laughs> I'll look into that, but I know they lost 12 to nothing yesterday. Yeah, well, so. yeah, yesterday was bad, 13 nothing. We don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the White Sox. They're not exactly a hot topic, but, uh, Mark Burley gets the win. They win eight nothing over Florida on Friday, and then I think Gavin Floyd, right? Pitched oh yeah, that's 12? right. Yeah, Gavin Floyd pitched uh, really well. So they win Saturday's uh, game Saturday, four to yeah. one. Two out of three for the White Sox, and that's about all the White Sox talk we'll have for today. Thank you. How about them Hawks, big dog? Oh, absolutely wonderful. You know, uh, it's one of those things where they have that look of the of the '91 Chicago Bulls, don't they? Yep. I know you just. You know, it's like you're, you're, you can't believe they're playing that well, and you're wondering, are they going to come back down to earth? And then they come out and they make all the plays when they need to right afterwards. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. just phenomenal. It just as we talked about, clicking on all cylinders is a beautiful thing in any sport to watch. When offense, defense, goaltending, coaching, chemistry, it all clicks. It's a thing of beauty, and that's what the Blackhawks have going on, at least for now. Let's hope for a few more games. Well, they're going to. Have a couple days off. I'm predicting this right now. Everybody has written off the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Coach, and I'm predicting that the Canadians win three in a row. And the, wow. the Hawks are playing the Montreal Canadiens. Wow. They're playing. Uh, it's three to one in the series right now, and Montreal is at Philadelphia today. If they can find a way to win at Philly, your prediction could come true, but that's pretty bold, my friend. Three now, in a don't row. Forget, don't forget. I predicted the Hawks in six against Nashville. Yes. I predicted them in five against Vancouver. I predicted them in five against the uh, Sharks. Okay, and I predicted that the, the Montreal Canadiens would beat the Capitals, and I predicted they beat the Penguins. Mm-hmm. So I've been pretty hot in my hockey picks, Coach. You have I'm indeed. Three in a row. I, I'm guaranteeing three in a row. If there was money to be made in hockey gambling, you'd be a, a wealthy man right now. 
Well, the truth be told, if I was actually gambling real money, I would be wrong in every one of my predictions. <laughs> That's the sad but true fact. I have found that out about you. It's a lot easier to make predictions when you actually don't have your money riding on it. Yeah, no doubt. And and like your whole like marriage life and everything else riding on those particular <laughs> bets, too. <laughs> oh, I think gamblers know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and by the way, we have a gambling show here each and every, what is it, David Olson? Tuesdays, right? Winning, is, it, is that the Bradley Legal Show? Winning Wednesday. Yeah, but it's on Tuesday, right? No, it's on Wednesdays. Really? Yes. I thought Winning Wednesdays was on Tuesdays. No, it's not. It, okay. it airs on Wednesdays and reruns on Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, is it preempted on, on Mondays? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, they, they only rerun them on, on Thursdays and Fridays, David, if they are right about their Wednesday picks, right? Yes. Yeah, if it's not a Winning Wednesday, then it airs like Monday at about 3 in the morning when nobody else can hear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Big Dog, we should try that. Maybe it might help our show. Uh, who knows? Why don't we just like, like, why don't we just wait for all the games we play today? Act <laughs> like we actually made the predictions beforehand. Yes, people will think we're experts. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a great system. By the way, I got a little distracted here. I'm looking up at the screen. I'm looking at uh, on the ESPN three, four, seven, whatever the heck it is. But uh, the, our ex morning break producer Kevin the Swamp Red Hand. Haran's dream is up on the screen. They're showing Serena Williams playing Venus Williams in a French Open recap. Serena's what, wearing French. They're they're doing what French? Serena's wearing a teal. It's a French Open. French Open tennis. Oh, tennis. Oh. It's not that much of Swamp Rat Haran's dream. But uh, <laughs> among everything else, I know the French Open is starting today. Big dog. I don't know if you have any money riding on uh, any of the young ladies, but uh, Rafael Nadal is six to one. No, I, I do believe it started a couple days ago. The French Open. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it, it's been going on a couple of days. As a matter of fact, Venus Williams wore a corset, not a tennis outfit, a corset the other day. She wore nothing but a corset. Yeah, it was wow. a little bit odd looking, to be quite honest with you. But you know what? Uh, the the Williams sisters, they do win. So I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not like Chad Johnson because they actually win. Mm-hmm. But they really are all about the attention. So those girls know how to do both. They know how to attract attention, and they know how to win. So there's a Roland Garros when it comes to advertising. Roland Garros Stadium in uh, beautiful uh, Paris, France. I don't know. i got to check with David Olson, see if we have a two guys and a Mike reporter that will be giving us some updates out there. But the French Open has indeed begun. Serena Williams, the number one seed. Venus Williams, the number two seed. All right, now that we got that out of the way, back to that. I get distracted by this TV in here. I'm not used to having the TV, but... Uh, just a tremendous victory. The Blackhawk fans are celebrating a big dog for the uh, folks that might not be aware. Bravery in sport. Duncan Teeth losing seven teeth and then coming back to play. Pretty amazing. Yeah, Duncan, no teeth, Keith. Uh, I mean, he's a hockey player. He's supposed to, especially when you're talking about a, a clinching game. Coach, he's the heart and soul of that team. You know, like uh, Jonathan Taves is the, the playmaker and the leader. Anthony Niemi is the wall and goal. Uh, you know, uh, Patrick Kane is the flash and dash, but the heart and soul of that team is Duncan Keith. And when your heart and soul gets hurt, he, he, he knew what he had to do. He had to go back out and, and get it done. And, and that's exactly what he did. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that's exactly what it's all about. This, this team makes sacrifices and it was just a fluke play. He got hit in the mouth and you know what? He'll get, he'll get, uh, his teeth replaced and it'll all work out for him in the end. Yeah, but still, you, you can't write it off quite that. You really have to think about, I mean, just having one tooth knocked out, a rather grisly thought. I mean, there's some pain involved. There's some visual, uh, disgustation, if I could use that particular word, but seven. Four front teeth, three bottom teeth. He basically said, uh, after the puck hit him, he saw a couple, a couple of teeth were in his mouth. A couple of them just disintegrated. And then he felt, 
And this is pretty disgusting. We are America's number one breakfast show as long as you're not eating breakfast. But they felt a couple, a lump in his throat. And he coughed it up and a couple of more teeth came coughing out. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so disgusting. that's, and then, you know, and then he goes in the locker room, misses a couple of shifts. He gets a needle stuck, uh, you know, in the right, in the middle, in the left. They numb it up a little bit and he's back out there playing after losing seven teeth. Uh, boy, just absolutely amazing. Hockey players are tough guys. No question. No, though, they're, they absolutely are tough. And I got to tell you something. If they win four more games, every time he puts his replacement teeth in, he's going to mm-hmm. be a happy man the rest of his life because he'll always remember uh, what uh, he sacrificed those teeth for a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup victory. And, and, Coach, if you remember at the beginning of the season, you know, we always have different rates of success. You know, just because you don't win the, the Stanley Cup or the World Series or the Super Bowl doesn't mean, you know, you didn't have a successful season. Yes. And, and when, we went, when we went into the season – I said to you, the only way the Hawks have a successful year is if they get to the final. Mm-hmm. And and you usually wouldn't agree with me. You'd be like, no, there's more to it than that. But you kind of, for a rare instance, you actually agreed with me. Yeah. And at a scale of a 1 to 10, them not making the, the Stanley Cup finals would be a 0. Them making it is only a 1 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So it's a, they've, they've, they've had a satisfactory season, no matter what happens in the finals, Coach. But just the simple fact that we can talk about that they can get that one goal, that they always talk about that one goal, it's just great to be a Chicago Blackhawks fan and a Chicago fan in general right now. And again, I'll say it, thank God Dollar Bill Works died. And long live Rocky (laughs) Works. Nice sentimental thought right there. 1961, that's the last time the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. That is a long bit of time. There's a lot of Chicago fans of uh, many ages that have never seen a Stanley Cup. 1961, the Blackhawks, four games away from doing that. So a celebration here in the city. And, Big Dog, there's a lot of fans. And, and again, people out there, I uh, talk a little NHL hockey, top of the show here. You want to check in, Blackhawk fans in particular, 888-463-6748. Love to hear from you. Catch some of the excitement of the Blackhawk and the NHL playoffs. But, um, Big Dog, there are a lot of fans uh, jumping on board now and, and – uh, you know, people that didn't follow hockey that are catching the Blackhawk fever. Some people are bothered by that, but I think you got to uh, enjoy the revelry of just the the water cooler conversation of the everyday person in Chicago becoming a Blackhawk fan, at least for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to get mad at anybody because I, I I'll admit, you know, when I in the '80s, I was a diehard Blackhawk fan, coach. Yep. And then all of a sudden we got cable because I used to listen to the games on the radio before uh, we had cable. Mm-hmm. Then I got cable. We got cable of the family. And I'm like, why aren't the home games on TV? Then I found out why. And guess what? I wasn't a uh, Blackhawks fan anymore because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, just to give you an example, my, my uncle Jimmy is uh, in his mid-70s, coach, and he played hockey. He was, a, he was a, a professional boxer. His son played hockey at the University of Illinois. He is a He's one of those Blackhawks fans that can tell you all four lines all four lines on the 1950 team. I mean, that's a, he is a die hard. And I've talked to him about it. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I could care less. I want as many people to become Blackhawk fans as possible. So jump on board. He's like, hopefully those people will stay on board. Mm-hmm. He has absolutely no problem with it. And you're talking about a true die hard coach. This isn't one of those guys that's like, you know, wears a Blackhawk jersey and acts like he's a Blackhawk fan. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that will kick in the television if they lose a game. Okay. Legitimately, this man loves the the red black and white so uh you know what if he if he can deal with bandwagon fans you know what i mean i i don't i don't really feel like uh, i'm willing to admit i the day the day dollar bill died remember i told you right then i was like i'm a blackhawk fan again and I'm, that might be sick that might be rude i could care less 
I had a reason for not watching games for about 12 years, and mm-hmm. it was because I grew up and I realized we had the worst owner in all of professional sports. Well, two two thoughts for that. One, I'm so glad for the, the Uncle Jims out there, the people that have followed the Hawks, the thick and thin, and uh, diehard Blackhawk fans. So, Uncle Jim, if you're out there listening, uh, I feel great for you. Hopefully we can get over the top and win the Stanley Cup and you're up in your 70s. We can get, oh, with this group, you know, maybe three or four more Stanley Cups before Uncle Jim is... Uh, you know, maybe too old to remember the game. So I'm thrilled for those particular fans. And then secondarily, you know, I'm one of the we talked about this before, Big Dog. I'm one of those weird guys that wasn't that bothered. I understand dollar words to dollar bills decision from a business standpoint to not televise the home games was terrible. What, what, what did it, you keep shooting them himself in the foot forty times yeah, a year? It was brutal, it was archaic. But I you know, I'm the ultimate glass half full guy. When everybody was complaining about that, I always took the approach that you know, hey, you know, you still got 40 home games or 40 road games on TV for free. So don't tell me you can't be a Blackhawk fan. You can still watch 40 games. That's up three times as many Chicago Bear games as you get to see. You get to see 40 games on the road for free. So, again, uh, I'm the that, ultimate what, glass half full guy, but uh, that was always my kind of weird approach to it. Uh, yeah, I know that's your weird approach to it. Yes. The only way I could really go to that is, Coach, what's your favorite television show that you've ever watched ever? Oof, boy, favorite ever. Um, all right, let's just go Friends. Is it Lost? Lost is up there. Is it the Dick Van Dyke show? Let's go uh, Mary Tyler Moore show. Okay, the Mary, Ty- Mary Tyler. Well, that's, that doesn't have a continuous story plot like a hockey season would. Okay. Okay, so that, that's a, it's a little bit different. But So let's go with Lost, if you don't mind. Let's okay. Go Lost because that has a continuous plot. Yep. Now, you can only watch every other show. Okay, that's, that's, that's what you have to do. And if you want to see those other shows that you can't watch, you're going to have to buy a, a ticket yep. and pay for parking right. and pay for all your food that day in order that's, to go in. So that's going to cost you about 200 bucks. It's a solid point. For every single thing. That's if you want to see the whole season. I don't care what anybody says. People who know the story of a team are more interested in it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, if I only got to watch half the Cup games, I wouldn't be a Cup fan. If I could only watch, if the, if the Bears started getting blacked out, I would really, really, really feel disappointed. I wouldn't even know what I would do, but it, it, like I, I wouldn't be a fan of football if I could only watch half the games. It's a whole story, Coach, and that I understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. It's Bill Ward's the team; he can do whatever he wants to do with it. And if you can watch 40 hockey games, you still get to see 40 hockey games. But from my point is, if mm-hmm. you really want to know the story of a team and really get involved. You got to be able to watch him every single game. Yeah. All right. Point well taken. That's a good visual using the show loss with a plot line like that. So I, uh, I will take that. That's, uh, that quite frankly, big dog is why we pay you the big bucks on this sports talk show. <laughs> the silence speaks a thousand words. But by, by the way, did I see a sighting of our, uh, general manager, Chris Whitty, the commander in chief back in the offices after a six month hiatus? David Olson? Nope. He's shaking his head. There was a lot of activity. On the other end of the talk centers, things are, I don't know, there's a lot of people in the office, Joe. Once again, they might be uh, interviewing people for our job. I'm not sure, but I got a feeling that could be it. Well, they're actually looking, maybe I should get off the air for a little bit, Coach, yeah, so I, I don't hurt the show. Yeah, I can't speak for sure, but there's a lot of activity going on on the other end of the building. Kind of rude, isn't it, where they're actually interviewing people to take our position while we're doing the show. You can at least think that they would wait until our uh, one-hour sports program is done. No, that doesn't really bother me because for the, the simple fact, uh, you know, we can we can show we can do it under pressure. <laughs> okay, 
That's, so I'm not really worried about and, that. And you talk about you talk about me being the glass half half full guy. You're taking the glass half full and drinking it down right there. Hey, uh, you mentioned Uncle Jim. I want to get back to your uh, aunt Naomi because we all know uh, that Auntie Naomi has been uh, one of the stars in the goal for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. One of the Shining lights of the Stanley Cup playoffs. First of all, and I was driving here, just to make sure for all the listeners out there, you actually do have an Auntie Naomi that, that is I, not a bit? I have an Auntie uh, Naomi, and my Uncle Jimmy can't stand her. Okay, and really? to be quite honest with you, nobody in the family really likes her. Okay, and <laughs> we think she puts arsenic in the cookie. Okay, but anyways, I think she knows. Because now whenever we call her Auntie Naomi, she, like, lights up like a, like a Christmas uh-huh. tree. And right. she's been, like, wanting to. She was, as a matter of fact, she's like, you're coming over and watch the Hawks game. Uh-huh. So I think she knows now. Auntie okay, so, But she, Naomi. she won't admit it. Do you, now that, uh, do, you, do you nickname her Nemo at least for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, well, you know what it is? She's, I think she ran out of alcohol and she sobered up for a couple minutes. <laughs> so I think, I think she finally figured out why we've been calling her Auntie Naomi. Oh, beautiful. I hope Auntie Naomi doesn't listen to the program. I just wanted to make sure that wasn't a bit and that was for real. Oh, no, no. Auntie Naomi would listen to the show, but she doesn't wake up till about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. She's lazy. Coach. Hey, we are archived at twoguysmike.com. Anytime people want to go hear some of the old shows, www.2, that's the number two, twoguysmike, M-I-C, uh, .com. You can hear any of the old shows if you get lonely for, you can go back a couple of weeks, big dog, and hear what you said maybe about the college football draft. You know what? I will stand by my predictions in the college football draft yep. this year without a doubt. I will also I'll stand by your predictions, too, because your predictions were much better than mine. So I'll be proud to stand by yours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else on the Hawks? They win 4-2. Uh, to two. They won uh, Friday. was a great game. Was it Friday or Saturday? They won 3-2 to two in the uh, shootout. The great goal when Dave Boland passed to Dustin Bufflin for the game-winning goal. That was Friday, right, when they won that thrower? Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was. That was a heck of a game. And to me, in that one, and that was a you know, turning point moment uh, when they scored the game-winning goal and everyone's crediting Dustin Bufflin for the great shot. It was a great one-timer for Bufflin. But how about the work of Dave Bolin all series long? And on that play, Dave Bolin, he's the guy who made the play, Big Dog. Behind the net makes the beautiful pass to Bufflin. Number 36 was outstanding all series. Uh, Dave Bolin made that play. He made checks into the board. He got loose pucks. He made a great uh, 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 sc- uh, score yesterday. Yeah. I'm telling you, that guy, I mean, we talked earlier about, like, the heart and soul, Duncan Keith, the, the playmaker, leader, Jonathan Taves, the wall, all that. We started naming all those guys. Coaches, the Bufflins, the, the Bolins, the Lads. Versteegs. The Versteegs. These guys have made so many plays this particular playoffs, uh, and, and that's exactly what it takes. You need leaders. You need role players. And when your role players can score, and when your your scores can check and everybody has mm-hmm. you know contributes constantly, that's how you win a Stanley Cup, coach. How about Big Buff getting three game winning goals out of the four wins? Big Buff had three game winning goals. I don't know. Did they pick an MVP of that uh, series? I don't know if they do that. No, 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 no. They they pick a Smythe Trophy winner for the whole Stanley Cup. Yeah, for the okay. when the Stanley Cup is done. So each series doesn't have its own. But Dustin Bufflin, pretty impressive. Three out of four game-winning goals. And, of course, yesterday he camped himself out in front of the net and put the game-winner in again. He is uh, he has elevated his game uh, tremendously. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Coach. And, and you're talking about a guy that does a little bit of everything in front of the net. You know, he wasn't that good of a defenseman, you know, when he had to play defense in yep. the National Series. But the point of the matter is, he did that for the Hawks. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He was able to fill in a bunch of different roles for him. Mm-hmm. 
So. Yeah. Philadelphia knocked off of Montreal over the weekend, 3 nothing. so they're up 3-1. But, Big Dog, you are predicting that the uh, Canadians, and by the way, it's L-A-S Canadian, L-A Canadian. Yes, it's sir. not, as you put in the website, uh, L-A-Y Canadian. We don't want people to get the wrong idea. But you are predicting the uh, Canadians to be victorious. Yes, I will. Very impressive. Three in a row. I'm predicting the same, wow. the same thing, exactly the same thing. Any of our, uh, any of our listeners in Philadelphia, I don't know if they, hopefully we don't advertise your home address, but if you get a knock on the door late tonight, big dog, and um, you're not expecting anyone, I would uh, carry something to bed with you and watch out for a guy in a Philadelphia Flyer jersey knocking on your door. Well, I have. If they actually want to come in and fight me over a prediction, it'll be typical <laughs> Philadelphia. Okay, but that guy who's probably going to want to fight me is probably running on the on the field right now with a Philly game. So I'm not too worried about that particular if, individual coach. If if he knocks out seven of your teeth, will you still come back and do the show tomorrow? If he knocks out seven of my teeth, I'll only have about twelve left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't answer the question, though. You still, uh, you know, will you have uh, your roommate? Um, what's your roommate's name again? Well, uh, actually, they're all in Hawaii right now, besides Russell, oh. my Asian, Asian roommate. <laughs> all right, would you have Russell shoot you up and still do the show? Well, uh, I do. I do expect a, a late night stop by tonight, but it won't be by Russell. <laughs> so probably, hopefully, his cousin. All right, eight 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 four six three. 6748, the phone number, folks, if you want to email us, uh, you can do it via AOL, and that's Mike2GuysAOL.com. Big Dog and a coach with you up until 11 o'clock talking, white so- or talking to Blackhawk hockey. We'll get to some baseball in a little bit. Got the Indy 500 coming up this weekend, dog. I know you are a uh, – I'm the horse racing guy. You're the auto racing guy, right? Yeah, and this might be my first uh, – uh, this might be my first uh, uh, Indianapolis 500 at all. Uh, so I'm actually I have a chance to go with my buddy Butler, and from what I understand, it's absolute debauchery. It all depends on how many particular signatures I can, because I'm actually doing signatures Camden again. Okay. And Butler has promised me a ride down there, all the beer I can drink, everything. He promised me that I can go for free. Wow. So I'm actually thinking about going to my first. Uh, all I have to do is pay twenty dollars to get on the infield, and I, if I can't scrape up twenty dollars, coach, I'm not exactly sure what I'll do. Twenty dollars per day for uh, all the uh, for a weekend of debauchery. Yeah, that exactly. seems that's a, that's a pretty low price for some quality debauchery. And he's even got me a ride down there with a single hot girl that is like like twenty nine years old, and, and supposedly sister, she it? needs consoling because her ex boyfriend just. Like wow. dumped her and wow. was cheating on her at the whole time. So. Are you kidding me? The Indy you, 500, exactly, auto racing's greatest event, all the debauchery of Indianapolis. I've never been to the Indy 500, but I heard if you want to debauch, there's no better place to debauch than the Indy 500. From, and a single young female who is getting over a relationship looking for a little bit of love. Yes, exactly. And, wow. and from what I what I understand, the, there's a there's a quote there that you hear an awful lot from men, and it's called "Show me your teeth." <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy you just killed a very good image big duck oh i'm sorry Coach. yeah i was getting all excited for you and then uh suddenly that uh, just wound me down a couple of steps by the way in case you're wondering the all-important pole position i know you're a big fan of the pole position helio castronavis will be going for his fourth indy 500 win there's only been a couple of guys that have won four and he will be racing from the very popular pole position it's good to know, and hopefully uh, uh, that per- particular person can act a little bit better than Danica Patrick, who acted like a little, yes. you know what. What is oh, going on with Danica? It, it rhymed with the street Melvina, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Coach. 
<laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, she is. Uh, her fan popularity uh, is it, is everything getting to her head? I don't know what the deal is, but she's becoming less likable by uh, by the moment. If you have a problem with the car you have, you tell your crew. You yes. don't bust them out in front of on the television. It was yep. horrible. Yep. It was horrible. Yep. So. Immediately, I think she did it. I think it was an interview that actually was heard at the track. Yes. That's so the, exactly the fans happened, at the folks. track were actually booing her. <laughs> I mean, come on. She deserved it. She huh? deserved it. If you I know, were there, I'm, you know me, I'm not a boo guy. If I would have heard that comment, I would have booed her. I mean, give me a break. Have a little bit of class a little bit. Like you like you said, handle things behind the scenes. Don't embarrass people on uh, national TV right after the moment. What are the odds it's all the mechanics? Probably a lot of it is her driving as well. All right. All right. Enough with Danica Patrick. Indy 500 coming up this weekend. We got the World Cup coming up in a couple of weeks. Stanley Cup for the next two weeks. Then the World Cup where we're cup intensive here. Big deal. Very exciting. And then, uh, eh. and then you got baseball in Chicago. Yeah, well, I got to tell you something, Coach. I'm excited about the World Cup, not as much as the Stanley Cup. But uh, can I make an announcement here on uh, on two guys in the mic? Is it cup related? It's 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 cup related and oh, it's cup. Uh, okay, and it's very me related. Okay, but it, it's official. WCIU is picking up the show that I'm on with uh, Chet Kopic and a, another gentleman named Matt Benson called Black and Blue City. Okay. And, and coach, what I need everybody to do out there is please go to CIU and start watching Black and Blue City because, uh, the more people who watch it on there, the more people who comment and say they like it, mm-hmm. or, you know, they can go ahead and really say you hate me and you love Matt or you love me and you hate Matt. That'll be really good because they want controversy. They want people button heads and, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, and the more people that this happens for, I mean, the more people who do this, the better chance it actually gets picked up as a mm-hmm. television show. And every time that they're playing baseball games on CIU, you'll be able to see my mug because they're going to promo me. They're going right. to promo the show on WCIU. So, so. again, on your, uh, your app, you got to go to CIU? WCIU.com. W. Okay. WCIU.com. You's got it. That one. All so, right. Beautiful. You know, it's, it's a step, Coach. We keep on taking these little steps, but it's all going to work out for us. And hopefully this will help our show, too. And That's for the I'm hoping uh, that people start looking. Oh, who is this idiot, you know, going up against Matt Benson? And then uh, they look me up, and hopefully this show will get a little yeah. boost from it, too. Well, I've seen promos of the show. I've watched a couple of shows, and I, and I think I'm being as objective as I possibly can. You, um, I won't say you steal the scene out there, but, you know, Chet does a nice job. Matt's a good guy, but you have – it's like watching – and I'm, I'm saying this in all seriousness now. It's like watching a great athlete or watching sports. You could see some guys that are natural athletes and others that just aren't. Okay, When you watch on TV, your partner, the Matt guy, you know, he's good. He's a fan, but you have a certain photogenicity. Not sure that's a word, but that's what you've got. You've got a certain photogenicity, and, uh, and the camera does do a nice job of catching the light coming off of your bald skull, by the way. Well, I, Coach, i got to admit it's really been working out for me uh, the last couple of days. I, I was in a whirlpool the other night, and i got to tell you, I, I, I guess things have been good for me. Like, I, All I know is uh, ever since that I've been in front of this camera, everywhere I go, the other day we went and we, we filmed at Rockies, I was talking to this girl beforehand, and you know they film in, uh, in Chinatown. So I started talking to this girl. Her name was Ling, and she really didn't want much to do with me. Okay, and the next thing you know, they put the camera on me, and she realized I was doing a camera. This girl ended up being a lawyer downtown. She leaves the card. Oh, I'm very sorry. You're very, very sexy. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. isn't that funny? I'm in front. I'm not. She thinks I do a television show, and now I'm very, very sexy. 
but I, I am enjoying it, Coach. That's all I have to say. It's, it's been I a hope, really good time. I so. hope with your morals and your strength of conviction, Joel, you did not let that female wear you down. You stood up and you uh, did not kowtow to whatever needs she might have had. Well, supposedly, we'll find out because I've talked to her <laughs> once since, but we're supposed to meet up tomorrow. Uh, well, so, so much for your strength of conviction. Well, Coach... You know what I gotta say? She's a she's a Southside Cubs fan. I got We gotta stick up. I'm one of those. There you go. I grew up. I grew up five blocks away from Comiskey Park, and I ended up being a Cub fan. I don't know how that. Well, I know exactly how that happened, but I don't want to tell the story because Dave Olson will end up going into the going into the booth and start choking you just to try to get at me. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Speaking of Cubs, speaking of Sox, we'll talk a little baseball, interleague baseball over the weekend. We'll go over some of the matchups and how they turned out. And uh, get to the NBA Finals, too. we still got basketball going on. All that and more coming up second half of the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Big Dog and the coach at your service. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, welcome back to the TalkZone. Shortest break to all of uh, sports talk radio, TalkZone.com. Of course, our Two Guys and a Mic show emanating via the website, via the uh, internet, via the web, to seven different continents and also Parts of uh, Idaho and Montana, which sometimes is considered the eighth continent. Big Dog, don't forget, uh, some people will say that playing the piano, playing the piano is very much like crossing a road. You better see Crossing the road? Playing the piano is very much like crossing a road. Yeah. You, you better see sharp before you B flat. Oh. Thank you very much. That's, that's pretty good, though. Thank you very much. You better see sharp. Or you B-flat is how I should have said it, not before you B-flat. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number here if you want to check in. We'll talk a little baseball in a second. Any Hawk fans just jumping on board, we're always uh, here to talk Stanley Cup hockey, at least for the next couple of weeks. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog. And the coach, by the way, emailed during the break. Big Dog, your favorite uh, emailer, Cinemax Cindy, emailing and saying, uh, Big Dog was very turned on by Duncan Keith. Coming back after getting seven teeth knocked out and coming back into play. Cinemax Cindy wants to know what's the bravest thing that Big Dog has ever done in his sports career. Do you have any stories similar to that? And again, Cinemax Cindy, who apparently uh, is attracted to that kind of bravery. Well, to be honest with you, Coach, some of the, when I was uh, in high school, <laughs> I felt a horrible pinch in my back. Uh-oh. And uh, continued to play, and I was basically debilitated. I would have to warm up for hours, and I, I continued to play. And it was my junior year. I played both ways. And uh, when the season was done, went to the hospital. 
found out I had a crack in my uh, my lower my bottom vertebrae had a crack in it, That's and it? I had torn cartilage in my SI joint. That's all. That's just all. a little, so like just right a little then, crack in the vertebra. My 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 mom my mom was basically like you you'll never play football again, and then I think she realized that that wasn't ever going to not happen. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, a freshman at McMurray College, I got my helmet my hand smashed between two helmets. My hand hurt real 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 bad. And I continued to play. They taped it up when uh, I played. I played uh, Mike linebacker. I played inside linebacker then. I was in tremendous pain, coach. I can't even tell you. I was against Mammoth, a bigger school. They, they always played in the playoffs. Uh, I made like 15 tackles that day. And uh, when we went to Passaway Hospital, they x-rayed it, and I had broke, shattered two metacarpals in my hand. Wow. So I had played basically three-quarters of a football game with two metacarpals that were not fractured, like, not like fractured, mm-hmm. broken. And I couldn't move my hand for a while, so I put, they put the cast on it. I didn't miss a game, didn't miss a play because of my hand. And then the next year, I broke my ankle the day before we were playing Mammoth again, and they had an All-American linebacker named Tim Hahn. Now, I was playing tight end my sophomore year, my sophomore, junior, senior year, I played tight end. And uh, basically, I knew I broke my ankle. And I was in, like, ridiculous amount of pain. They taped it up, and I played the next day. We had a bye week. I went to the hospital during the bye week when I was at home because my mom was like, why are you limping around? You know, after that, my mom was just like, she was like, I just can't wait till your football career is done. And um, found out that there was a, a just a hairline fracture in my ankle. But they taped that up, and I didn't miss a football game for that. So in my in my life, I have never, like, legitimately – the only football games I ever missed was my senior year, and it probably cost me getting a scholarship at a big school, but I tore my quadricep muscle. And if it wasn't for that, I probably, who knows, maybe I could have made it to uh, mm-hmm. a bigger school, but I did not. And But I played with a broken wow. back, broken hand, and a broken ankle. Wow. The hand is uh, painful, the ankle, the quadricep, but, uh, you know, the vertebra on the back, I just say snap that baby back into place and get out there and play. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Coach. little and, duct tape. And, and, Little duct tape works wonders between the fourth and sixth vertebra. No, it, it wasn't like how you think it is. It was just like a little tiny hairline fracture, and yeah. it was like it, it happened over years, supposedly. Yeah. What my, my doctor told me. Mm-hmm. But probably it wasn't one of like those... something that just happened. It was just something that uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Just mm-hmm. all right. Well, Cinemax, Cindy uh, asked a very simple email. You gave a uh, rather specific response, and she has emailed back. Apparently, you were successful. Just two words from Cinemax, Cindy, and it says, call me. Oh. oh <laughs> so apparently your response worked, Big Dog. Well, uh, it, I'm glad something's working because my body really isn't working well right now. All right. 888-463-6748, the phone number, Big Dog and the coach. Real quick, let's talk some baseball. I know it's not as topical here in Chicago, but uh, over the weekend uh, we did have interleague baseball play, kind of interesting, Big Dog, some nice matchups and uh our uh, Chicago Cubs actually playing a little bit better. Six of their last eight. They win two consecutive five to four games, and they found a nice little uh, pitching rotation in the bullpen in particular, have they not? Yeah, uh, Coach, that was the biggest thing. Uh, I don't, I don't, if, you're, if you're a diehard Cubs fan, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Angel Guzman was awesome for the Cubs last season. Mm-hmm. And losing him going into this year really, really hurt the team. And the, like, the whole question you know, and, and I ripped on the Cubs a little bit early in the year because and the, my whole point was I don't think they'll ever be good is because their their middle relief getting the ball to Marmol is going to be almost impossible. Well, right now, Sean Marshall 
is pitching as well as any left-handed reliever in the game of baseball. Yep. And I'm including the guy that was the best-handed reliever in the game of baseball, Matt Thornton. I mean, I legitimately, he's he was number one, and he probably still will be number one. But right now, Sean Marshall's pitching as well as anybody. He throws the ball exactly where he wants to throw it. Not overpowering, Coach. You know, and not like a nasty breaking pitch or anything, but he just throws the ball exactly where he wants well, to. Well, I, I would argue there a little bit. It is a nasty breaking pitch. His curveball is unbelievable right now. He's got, first of all, the curve in the curveball is uh, dramatic, and he's got great, com- great command of it. That's definitely what he There's no doubt. He throws it. I mean, he just hits the glove. Boom. Every time. But it's a sweeping curve, too. I mean, I've... I, I, the best word I could use for it is I've rarely seen such a dramatic curve, and usually guys that have that dramatic of a curve on their curveball have no control. He's got the Good dramatic point. curve, but he's got great command. Yeah, and w- what I love about it is Tanella is no longer playing lefty-ready matchups with right. him. Yeah, he yeah. is just, okay, we need to get somebody out. Go yeah. get the guy that we get people out. That's, and, and he gets he only gets lefties out a little bit faster at a little bit lower clip than he does right. You know, it's... Uh, he can get anybody out right now. And the, the, the biggest thing for the Cubs all year long was going to be, well, two, situational hitting. And the other one was their, their mid-release. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you get guys shortening up, making sure you, you make a little contact and try to make some solid contact with runners in scoring position, you'll drive in runs a lot more. You know, and that seems to, that happened over the weekend. You know, and uh, if you get help out of your bullpen, if you get the ball to Marmol, coach, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to be sweating bullets while Marmol's in the game, but oh, somehow Lord. he gets that third out every time. I don't know how he does. Yesterday he does. wasn't so bad. I don't think he only walked one batter, and then he struck out the side. His strikeout per batter ratio is, I would imagine, the best in all of baseball right now. I haven't seen that particular stat. but uh, yeah, There's one other guy that he's competing with, but Coach, he's averaging two strikeouts in the inning. Yep. There's, there's only one other guy even close to him, and the guy isn't as effective. I'm trying to think of who it is. But other than that, there's nobody even coming. If if you strike out one in inning, you're a strikeout pitcher. He's striking out two batters in inning. <laughs> nobody, and people are hitting like 120 off him. His only blown save this year is when he came in in the eighth inning, with, uh, the Cubs up a run and the bases were loaded. Mm-hmm. And and he and he gave up uh he gave up uh what do you call it? like the tying run that that was a save that was his blown save. So. He's getting the job done this year. It's good to see the Cubs playing a little bit better baseball. And it's also good to see guys like Castro and Colvin making uh, contributions. The guys that are going to be the stars of the future. And I also like the fact they got so many, not so many, but they got a lot of young players on the team right now. Couple and as soon as Aramis Ramirez wakes up and realizes that he's a decent Major League Baseball player, Oof. this team could get really hot. Boy, his slump went to another level with the uh... – End of the week, they finally just uh, shut him down for a couple of days. But uh, you are right. He's got young... a bruised thumb. But yeah. Supposedly, it's it's more of a, a battered ego. Yes. Yes. Hit that game-winning homer uh, about a week ago. You thought maybe that'll break him out of a slump, and then he just went right. He, he went into it even deeper. And his last game was ridiculous. Four strikeouts out of five. I'm amazed. Such a great hitter with such a great fundamental swing can go in that big of a slump. And I think a lot of people are amazed and. Ramos Ramirez uh, probably is right in the forefront of that. He looks completely confused up there. But, you know, think of the positives for the Cubs. Everything's, uh, you know, going pretty well. Six out of eight. You mentioned Starlin Castro. He's been batting well. And uh, yesterday, a couple of great fielding plays. Big dog, he's a little inconsistent, but he has the potential in the not-too-distant future of being a pretty spectacular fielder as well. He made a couple of great plays yesterday. 
yeah, he makes a couple plays that you're just like, wow, how did he do that? And then he'll have a ball go right between his legs. Yes. That was a routine grounder. Yeah. But at least right now, uh, at least his fielding percentage is higher than his slugging percentage. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, always a good I'm thing. I'm not kidding you, Coach. It was only like five games in, but at one point five games in, he was his slugging percentage was eight hundred and his fielding percentage was seven sixty nine. Seven sixty nine is is bad fielding percentage. Never, that's never a, a good ninety five is point nine five is is a is a bad fielding percentage. Let alone seven sixty nine. Baseball fans, you watch some uh, interleague baseball over the weekend. Cub fans, Sox fans, you want to check in, talk a little baseball here. 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number here, 888 12 lines open if you want to squeeze in. David Olson, our outstanding producer. We'll see if we can get into uh, the conclusion of Lost, his favorite show, a little bit later in the program. Um, the final thing I'd say on the Cub, Big Dog, is starting pitching has been surprisingly good. And over the weekend, Randy Wells, who's kind of like the Dave Boland of the Chicago Cubs, a grinder, but he pitched another great game. Carlos Silva goes to 6-0 and yesterday. So the starting pitching, particularly some of the nondescript guys, have really been good for the Cub. Yeah, Coach, I, I'm going to – it doesn't surprise me that they've had good starting pitching this year. It does surprise me that Silva and Gorzolani are their two best pitchers so far. I'd put Randy Wells in there. Yeah, and you, you got to love Randy Wells on one thing. He had a two-game stretch where he gave up 11 runs in only a few innings, and yet his ERA is right at around four, mm-hmm. which basically means typically he's going to go out there and give you a chance to win. Yep. You know, I'd rather have a, a pitcher give up eight runs in one game and then pitch eight games in a row where he gives up two because that mm-hmm. you probably you know you have a lot of chances to win games. It's not like he always gives up four or five. He, he is. He reminds me thoroughly uh, of John Lieber, and I think in yep. two or three years, this might, sound, this might sound crazy people, but I think that guy has a chance to win 20 games. Mm-hmm. Not this season, but I think he can be a 20-game winner. I really and, do, Coach. And again, a guy that uh, a little over a year ago, back to spring training, so a little over a year ago, was not even considered a primary factor for a major league roster. No. Right? No, not at all. Yeah. All right, so he's been That's a pleasant The only reason why he was able to stay on was like he threw strikes. You know, and they're like, all right, we'll give him a shot at throw strikes, but he isn't mm-hmm. overpowering. Then you realize, if you throw the ball where you want to, you don't have to be overpowering. You can get people out in the major league level. And a couple guys getting injured, I think, was part of him getting to play, too. Mm-hmm. But whatever the case might be, uh, he and Carlos Silva have certainly been impressive. Gorzolani said the Cubs, uh, six out of eight, getting back in the hunt a little bit, but uh, they still got to make hay against some of the other teams in the National League Central and uh, St. Louis Cardinals, I think, are back on track. They went into a little bit of a slump, big dog, but it's safe to say now. I think they've won five of their last seven, two out of three over the weekend. They're back in action. Cardinals beat to Anaheim yesterday, six to five. So it's going to be tough for the Cubs to catch St. Louis. I would think maybe you know, you're a guy who picked Montreal to win three in a row. So maybe you're to tell me the Cubs can, in fact, catch St. Louis. They can catch St. Louis, Coach, but they do have to play a lot better than they have so far this year. And, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think St. Louis is a, is a better team. But St. Louis's bullpen, not very good either. So if, if, the, if the Cubs can get some type of surprise person out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. if Sean Marshall continues what he's doing, and maybe a, a Russell or a, or a Byrne can step up and actually give them quality innings in the, in the sixth and seventh, getting the ball to Marshall and Marmont, maybe they do have a shot, Coach. I, I don't want to write them off. You know, I'm always the eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Big dog going for the uh, underdogs of late. How about some other interleague baseball? Real quick, a little MLB week recap. 
over the weekend. Tampa Bay knocked off Houston 10 to 6. I think they won two out of three there. They're 32 and 12 on the year. So the, uh, Devil Rays not slowing down anytime soon. Big Doug nicely performed. Coach, if you finish 20 games over 500 yep. at the end of the season, your record after 162 games would be 91 and 71. Okay, think about that. They're 20 games over 500, and it was May, whatever, 24th yesterday. That's, it's unthinkable. The only team that has been better than that in like the last 80 years was the, was the 2001 Mariners. Mm-hmm. And they tied the Cubs for the most wins ever in a baseball season with 116. So even if Tampa Bay were to go 500 the rest of the way, they still they still uh, get you 91 wins. Yes, exactly. That's, that's uh-huh. what I'm saying. Coach, they win 91 games if they go 500 the rest of the way. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, Boston Red Sox, one of the teams trying to catch Tampa Bay in that very competitive America League East. They knock off Philadelphia 8-3. to I think the Phillies won the first game. Pretty good series between those two teams. Boston came back and won the next two, and yesterday was Tim Wakefield, the agent, agent pitcher who throws about 65 miles an hour, who beat Roy Halladay. How about that? Halladay down. Timmy Wakefield still got it going. So they had an agent pitcher on Sunday, which preceded or which succeeded the Asian pitcher on on Saturday because Daisuke Matsuzaka, yes, coach, he pitched eight or excuse seven and two thirds innings of because it was in the eighth inning with two outs. Said uh, he gave up a hit and it was a little blooper to Marco Studero uh-huh. of, of no hit ball. And you should have saw the plays. I was watching MLB Network on Saturday. It was play after play after play. It was one of those uh, no hitters that if they would have got it. He would have owed a gold wash to like five different guys on the team because there were just so many ridiculously good plays. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the Red Sox have a pretty good team. They've had a lot of injuries. I wouldn't write them off just yet. Okay. Tampa Bay is still young, and the the Red Sox, uh, they're not that much worse than the, than the Yankees, so they can have a few things go for them. But that, that American League East is going to be a battle all the way down to the end. One pitcher aging. Saturday's picture was Asian, but if Daisuke Matsuzuki continues to pitch in the major leagues at one point, Big Dog, I think it's safe to say at some point he will be an aging Asian. This is true, and if he keeps on throwing 160 <laughs> pitches a game, he's going to age a lot quicker than most people will. All right, thank you very much. Washington, the Nationals knocked off Baltimore, the Battle of Washington, D.C., one of the greatest rivalries there really isn't a great rivalry, but the Nationals win it 4-3. They won it in the last inning. Matt Caps for Baltimore blows his first save of the year. He's been outstanding for the Oriole Big Dog. Mm-hmm. And for the Nationals, their seventh win on their final at-bat. There's a little feel-good going on in Washington baseball. There is. And if you look at high winning Wigington for the Orioles, is playing phenomenal. He's having the greatest series he's ever had. And, and then there's also um, Jason Willingham hit the walk-off home run yesterday. So mm-hmm. if you like a Wigington or Willingham, in the in the Washington D.C. area, you've been getting it done this year. <laughs> Sounds like a law firm, Wigington <laughs> and Willingham. Uh, we already talked about St. Louis knocking off Anaheim six to five. Milwaukee Brewers beat Minnesota four to three. Trevor Hoffman, by the way, playing in his one thousandth Major League Baseball game. I don't know if you're good or bad, but it does mean you're old when you played in a thousand games. Yeah, if you're a pitcher, it means you're yeah. real, real old. If you're, that's what I meant for a reliever, for a closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brewers, no by the way, I think the that was... right now. Huh? You might get it back, but uh, the Brewers have run out two different guys to try to close games that, since the Hoffman blew like his fourth save in a row. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy with 596 career saves, coach. So is he ever going to get a shot to, to close game again, close games again, in order to get to 600? 
Yeah, maybe he can come out and what's the definition of a close? If you come in when you're leading like by four runs, do you still get the save? Well, if you basically here's what it is: if you come in in an inning and there's nobody on base and nobody out, it's a three-run lead. Okay. Other than that, the definition is this: if you come into the game with the tying run in the hole, okay, and you get out of that inning and finish the game and finish the game, mind you, everybody, then you would get the save. Mm-hmm. So technically, you can come into the game and get one out, and uh, if there's three people on base, so the bases are loaded, and there's and the tying run is in the hole, so which means that you could be up six runs. This is what some people don't get. This is the, the, the technicality of the rule is if the tying run is in the hole, then uh, so that if you come into the game, nobody on base, and you're up four, you can't get a save. But you can be up six with the bases loaded and get one out and still get a save. Mm-hmm. For people so that, that um, technicality of it. For people that do not understand that, the transcripts are available. Our show here, you can write thetalkzone.com. Walk eight hundred Waukegan Road. Kara producer David Olson. He will be happy to translate that uh, in any number of languages. By the way, so if you're listening, South America right now, maybe in the Middle East, you didn't understand Big Dog's explanation. Um, send us an email. Send us a note. We'll. Make sure we send you transcripts of that. We'll decipher it in the language of your choice. That's a pretty good service we offer here at the Talk Zone, Big Dog. There was a guy in the Orioles about three years ago. Yes, sir. He, uh, what his team won, the Orioles won uh, like 15 to nothing. Mm-hmm. The pitcher in the first inning got knocked out because of an injury. And some other guy came in and pitched two innings. And by then, when he came into the game, the Orioles were up three to nothing. And this guy pitched the last seven innings of the game. He got a seven-inning save with, uh, and he pitched fifteen. In, I mean, in a fifteen-nothing game. That's called seven the hard way. Yeah, that's yeah, without a doubt. So, and the guy who pitched the second inning got the win. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Oakland uh, continuing along MLB interleague play over the weekend. You're a fan of interleague play, right? Big though, we talked um, about this before. Coach, I'm a baseball purist, uh-huh. and like legitimately, I am a baseball purist, and I kind of want them to go back to four divisions instead of six because. As a Cubs fan, I don't understand why they have a six-team division, and then there's a team out west that has a four-team division, and you get automatic playoff berth. Yep, it's it's garbage. It's not fair. But um, I am a baseball purist, but still, I love the interleague play a little too much of it. I, I don't like the fact that the Cubs and the White Sox play six times a year. I'd rather have them play three because I hate those ball games. Every time I go to the South, I won't go to. I will not go to Comiskey Park or the Cell, whatever you want to call it, when they play that game anymore because legitimately. Too many people wanted to fight me. I'm like, do you, do you look at me? You really want to fight me? What, do you got a gun on you? You know what I mean? So I, I wish – and another thing bothers me is why do the Cardinals get to play the Royals six times? Well, six because they, they match up rivalries. So mm-hmm. St. Louis and Kansas City, a natural rival. It just so happens that the last two, three, 12, 13, 20 years, the Kansas City Royals haven't been good. So it's an advantage for our arch rival, but strictly it's by coincidence. It's advantage. We have to play – Six games against the White Sox, who are every single year a tooth and nails game, and they're usually a really good team. And the, the Cardinals get to play six times against a team that, I mean, it's, I mean they, they go five and one, and it's a disappointing uh, series for the Cardinals. Wow! Well, just, just to play devil's advocate, Kansas City Royals just got through uh, thrashing our Chicago White Sox. So which team is weaker? It's one of those weird things. That's just a little weird. That's just a coincidence, Coach. Yeah, but I, I do know what you're saying, too. When the White Sox play the Cubs, the old cliche, throw the records out the way. Even if the White Sox are having a bad year 
and the Cubs are having a great year, or vice versa. When the two teams meet, they're so much uh, intertwined in that game that it almost becomes a 50-50 split, irregardless of which team has better talent. I, I swear to you, the Cubs normally do better in that series when they're a bad team. Yeah. They, they really have, over, over the, if you look at the history of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oakland knocked off San Francisco 3 to nothing, a sweep out there. You'd think uh, before the series started, a sweep, maybe San Francisco would get it. No. The Battle of the Golden Gate Bridge, the Oakland A's, three in a row over the San Francisco Giants. I know you're a big fan of the Oakland A's. Uh, you know what, Coach? They do it right. Yep. They they always have players that uh, know how to situational hit. They always have young arms. I don't know how they do it, but they always have young arms, and they always get rid of them right at the right time. But yeah, they, they did it right. They got two shutouts in that particular series. Real mm-hmm. good pitching for the A's. All right. And, again, you'd think that San Francisco that has the great starting pitching, if you would have said sweep and two shutouts, you're thinking, oh, the Giants probably mm-hmm. won that, but the Oakland turns the tables. Finally, the Mets and the Yankees, the great rivalry in-state. The Mets kind of uh, surprised people a little bit. They beat the Yanks two out of three. Yesterday's game, the Yankees scored, I think, three in the ninth inning. They were down 6-1. to one. Uh, and they got it to 6-4, to four. then Francisco Rodriguez in a very dramatic strikeout of Alex Rodriguez to end the game. So the New York Mets, it's been a rough season for them, big dog, been a rough uh, three, four years, but they do get some bragging rights over the weekend against the Yankee. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching a pretty competitive Phoenix Sun-LA Lakers game, and you know, then I, you know, I'm going back and forth during the ninth inning of, that, uh, of the Yankees game. I had to watch the Jeter at bat just because you're basically, it's like watching Joe DiMaggio, you know, so you got to watch it. Yep. But, all of a sudden, this A-Rod at back comes. I, I turn up this competitive NBA basketball game. What a battle K-Rod and A-Rod put on. And uh, eventually got him on, you know, he got him on the softest pitch. He threw all that bat, mm-hmm. you know, because he was pitching. Instead of trying to throw it past him, it was pretty cool. And uh, another weird thing that happened in this game, Jason Bay, coach, had two home runs all season, and he hits two in this game. It's just, it's just Baseball is just weird like that. So hopefully... Something like this will happen for Ramos Ramirez too. Where you know he had he had two clutch home runs, and that was the difference for the for the Mets. And hopefully, uh, Ramos Ramirez can wake up, and and that could happen for him too. And maybe Carlos Quinton for the Chicago White Sox. He needs to wake up as well. Yeah. Uh, quick MLB recap from over the weekend, and of course the action continues uh, today, as does the NBA. We got about a minute left, big dog. But uh, the Boston Celtics won again. They're up three zero. They look like they're ready to clinch it. And the Phoenix Suns, as you alluded to, a little bit of a surprise behind Amari Stoudemire. They knocked off the Laker. Real quick, your thoughts on the NBA playoff. You know what? It's as simple as this. The Lakers cannot be stopped offensively by the Suns. So the Suns have to play efficient on, on offense, and they have to get every single rebound they possibly can. So if the Lakers do miss a shot, they've got to fight and scrap for that particular rebound. That's got to be their philosophy. And that's what happened. They were real efficient yesterday, and and they I don't know how the rebounding edge went, but it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. You watch the Lakers play, Coach. I mean, really, they, their offense is just awesome right now, and and the Suns were able to overcome it yesterday. That was that was a fun basketball game. It was an entertaining basketball game to watch. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I don't watch too much NBA, but I was interested in that. I did not watch that one. The Boston Celtics up three zero. What has happened to Orlando, or is Boston really that good? Boston's got good coach. Okay. All right. You remember I made that prediction at the start of the series. I didn't know. Did. I have to admit, even when I made the prediction, watch out for the Celtics. I didn't know they'd be this good, but, uh, boy, they're playing at a high level. Orlando has kind of rolled over. I, I mean, I watched a little bit of the game where they, the first game in Boston where they went up 3 nothing, And Boston was playing at a 100% level. 
and the magic thing lost. So I, I, I'm just going to tip my hat and say it was the Boston Celtics smothering defense, yep. team play, and effort, and not mag- the magic quitting. Because when you tell somebody, when you tell a professional athlete quit, if you say that, you had better be right, because that is the worst thing you could possibly say if somebody quit. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to go do that. That's why when everybody's like, oh, LeBron James quit. I was not about to say that because I'm not in his heart, and I didn't get to watch that particular game. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, by the I'm going to say it was the Celtics and not the Magic as by, of now, Coach. By the way, that Boston Celtic a smothering defense, you might see some of that smothering defense in Chicago next year because the leading candidate to be their head coach is their assistant coach, Tommy uh, Thibodeau, I believe is his last name. Big Dog, we got to wrap up today's show. If the female fans want to find you today, where might they track it out? I'm going to be in Oak Park. Getting signatures to get a independent politician on the ballot wow. for uh, a state representative. How for, would uh, uh, how would any of our female fans or any uh, males that are interested too? We have people of all persuasions. How will they know who, which person you are? What will you be wearing? Are you going dressed today by any chance? Well, it, no, no, it is pretty hot out, and when I have to ride my bike to this particular place, so I'll be the I'll be the one covered in sweat. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Make sure you put some powder on, too, so you don't get bicycle rash. Uh, well, uh, Coach, it, it, I don't even think I have powder. I'm a pasty-faced white boy. All right. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Big Dog and the Coach, TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic, 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Thank you.